Hey everybody, it's Noah checking in here. Uh, we are going to play the second episode of our live show that was at the Southeastern uh, Public Library, sponsored by or in partnership with the DC Public Library. So be sure to follow us on every and all social media. That includes Twitter at underscore WRGO, Instagram at What's Really Going, YouTube at What's Really Going On. Uh, be sure to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Uh, the podcast you can listen to on Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So now we're going to play uh, the podcast for you. Hope you enjoy. With the poop for duck. So, Noah, let us hear the 2020 election update. All right. So did anybody pay attention to the election last night? Savannah, I'm looking at you. Yes. No, she no. didn't. So I, we're gonna I, I, okay. I t- you, last, you, last, you were up last night. I was very... I was, they, I was probably getting on the nerves because you like, are. I constantly, if I see a, a article that like it, I don't know, it just causes some thought. I'll send it to the group, and I was very much engaged with the Nebraska um, like turnout. Last it's time. New Hampshire, but it's New okay. Hampshire. Sorry, you're right. Um, I need to get over there. It was intriguing to me that Biden was so down, but when you look at the like percentaging of that, like specific state it makes sense because biden's like strong is like older blacks so it's like right. mm, i understand that so like south carolina will be interesting to see how that turns out um but other than that i mean i'm not surprised that sanders like kind of leading mm-hmm. um, amy klobuchar did surprise me coming in third um, me too i was very much surprised by that because I, I mean i'm curious to see what like what what her specific like demographic is like who is she connecting with white people i mean yeah but like okay yeah sure uh and then pete Buttigieg, they are trying so hard for him to get this ticket but i refuse by every being in my body damn man uh because he like blatantly gets on stage and lies and do you see the did anyone see the thing that he did with charlemagne the god over the weekend it was so basically he was with Charlemagne the God and he basically was like he was talking about money and politics which is what we're going to talk about but he was like I don't want he basically tried to say like I don't want dark money which is like money that you can't disclose and he's around a room of black people so he was basically like yeah I don't want black money uh, oh uh uh and he starts like knowing that he messed up mm-hmm. and then he looks at the crowd and he was like yeah but I'll take like black money like, as <laughs> you're like donations and it was he's so cringe to cringe to say the least he's terrible um so do you have any kind of like fine i mean where do you think the is uh, going because i think it seems like it's sanders to lose or no one's going to get to the primary and have a majority of delegates well that's what is like going back and forth in my head because like one i'm surprised like sanders is getting so much support like he hit a record turnout in like last night yeah for um, new hampshire right for new hampshire compared to like 2016 and then he got like a surplus of like people under 30 and then over 65 so right. like a big gap in there there's like okay you're missing like a key amount of people here right. so I guess one to me that lets me know that like most of his supporters are like old and like or really young, really young and maybe uninformed. And then we kind of talked about this the other day, or like the questions on that. Like if he loses, what that looks like because some of his supporters are like, if Bernie doesn't get the ticket, I'm voting. I'm for voting Trump. for nobody. Right. So it's like, where's the middle line there? Because like Bernie is an extreme like liberal, and Trump is like the complete antithesis and. Yeah, that word. Antithesis. Yeah, that word. Uh, of that. And it's like, 
I don't understand. Because you can't predict what they're going to do. Right. You can't predict what they're going to do. And then it's like, what are their true morals and values? Because, again, Bernie is like the liberal, give everybody free Medicare and this and that. And, like, Trump, on the other hand, is cutting food stamps and, like, yeah. deporting people. And so it, I just don't understand their actual, like... Thing. So we'll engage the audience at this point. Who are y'all rooting for ain't nobody of color in the race at this point andrew yang dropped right. out and the last, yeah, the last, the last one dropped. so like who are y'all who are y'all with at, at like this at this point in the race i'm with warren that's with me i'm going down with the ship but who are y'all who are y'all we with? can say nobody because okay <laughs> can we <laughs> tyler Savvy, but that's a problem. That's a, that is problematic, and it goes against or it goes to speak about like the points we raised the other day. One, Iowa and like Nebraska, or New Hampshire. See, New Hampshire. They, but that's the thing is that you can lump them like, together because they're two white they're states, white that, states no one cares that nobody about. cares about, right? I keep saying Nebraska because, but like, it doesn't make a difference. Okay. That's the thing, and I think it don't. The problem is that, and like you've been hitting on this most, is that we as people or we saw on Twitter and you were up about this since like last September is that we were so hard on candidates like Kamala Harris and Cory Booker when it turns out the candidates who are left have worse stuff records than, than both them. of them like combined what drives yeah mm-hmm. I mean to each his own but I think like you know like I can't stand Mike Bloomberg because he did like stop and frisk and he advocated against Speaking like, of Mike Bloomberg, I was watching Hulu last night okay. Hulu now Okay. Like that's it's supposed to be like random commercials. Two times this man interrupted my programming. <laughs> Two times, and I was like, "I am a proven leader." <laughs> no, what? Like it threw me because it's a campaign. It's a commercial with him and Obama. Is I've been working with Obama to fight against gun control. Yeah, because it's like the one where he's like Mike Bloomberg, yes! is proven leader. <laughs> and yeah, I was yeah. like, what the? What? Like, this is crazy. So to me, that's like, to me, me personally, we're going to talk about this later, how the DNC changed the rules. Um, but like, to me personally, that's problematic because this man has not been on the debate stage at all. So like most constituents don't know like his platforms, his views or anything. Besides him in commercials. Right. Which so, you can paint a view. And then we found out that he's saying that black people aren't arrested enough on Twitter. You know, and it's stuff like that, it's stuff like that, that like, like irritates me about this because like you said Kamala called it out in the second debate she was saying like how the Democratic Party is not diverse enough and they count on black voters to like bring in the vote and like get but us but they only talk to them when they need but them. they only address us when they need us and that's exactly what's happening with Bloomberg because like most New Yorkers know his screw history with like stop and frisk shout out to my mama right New Yorker. so yeah. it's like for him to one have that policy in place for X amount of years and then, advocate for it, advocate and, for it, and, and the Supreme Court had to tell him that it was unconstitutional. Basically, and then and back. then on top of that, they didn't stop. He said we cut it back. They didn't. No, they had to tell him you couldn't. Literally, do that the only reason they cut it back, and they were still doing it, um, just in a like, I would say shiftier, low and playing field. Right. Um, so, so it's crazy to me that this man can get out here and attempt to paint this like facade of him being like progressive and for the people and I mean he used to be a Republican. He does what best benefits him and that's what I think like he does what best benefits him. It's just like crazy to me that with African Americans nationwide he's 
polling at 22%. But that is 5% behind Biden, which, I mean, I'll give him the benefit of that because he was the former vice president. But like Bloomberg polling that high with African Americans, that makes me think like, or that just, it goes, because I've seen this tweet today and I'm on a little tangent. You are, right now. I'm sorry. But I swing this tweet today that it was like, boom, uh, Sanders is going off in these like white states, but wait till he hit that uh, rural south and it's gonna be black, yeah, it's gonna like be the black is going it's gonna be Biden and Bloomberg. And to me, that asks a greater question: like, what are our true values as African American people and voters? Because we're typically pragmatic in these situations, and we go with the most like likely person to win. So, like for us, what if we one don't have a candidate speaking directly to us and then two we're not nominating the candidate that would speak up for us but i think that gets to like the heart of the issue is that like you can say like well we're not nominating the candidate who speaks for us but like we we haven't had the chance to do so like Mm -hmm. if you say like okay like we have like the stats here like the two first states to vote were 45th and 49th in diversity Mm -hmm. according to like the census and stuff so Vermont is 90, I mean, no, New Hampshire, see, I'm getting my state confused too. New Hampshire is 93% white. Iowa is 90% white. And that's just in terms of the general electorate, not in terms of the Democratic electorate there, which is probably even higher. So Nevada votes next, that has a high Latino population, which is great. South Carolina votes next. But for us to represent a quarter of the party and for 90% of us to vote for that party, you're not giving us the chance to say like, here's our, here's our vote. Like if I had to say like, okay, what state should probably go first? It should be a state like Virginia, North Carolina, Georgia, a state that has a mix of everything, but it also has black people because we're not getting a say. And then you're going to say, you get everyone up there saying like, I'm championing civil rights, but you're not like, None of the issues that they're speaking to involving like farming, rural issues, they don't speak to us. We live in a city. Mm-hmm. I live in Washington, D.C. You grew up in Atlanta and you live in D.C. now. What does farming have to do with mm-hmm. you? No, so I think they're like they're not giving us the chance to be heard. And then I think I think it's going to hit a head where eventually I think people I'm getting tired of it. Like they talked about racial issues on the debate on Friday and you just it hits you. It's like, wow, these are. <laughs> These are five white people who don't know who have messed up on the issue and don't really seem to get it. And don't have a and that eventually either. And I think a lot of it is I think and I've talked to one person who's in politics and I think they said that they're just relying on Obama to kind of like swoop in and meld everything. And I think that you can't wait seven months and Obama's wearing chinos and no socks. He's I it doesn't seem like he gotta really care. Me personally, I don't think he should endorse. I mean, he, clearly, but he's not. It, it, right. Well, he's probably, he's definitely going to endorse like the project. Yeah, like, but I think they're, whatever, who wins is just relying on them to just kind of say like, hey, Obama, fix my issue with black people and just go out and talk to the HBCU crowd, go out to Delaware State, go out to Howard, go out to Atlanta. And that's the problem, and, like, man. They're going to recruit Stacey Abrams to go out there, but it's like, it doesn't. It's, it annoys me. Like, so our, to answer my question, are we putting this on the DNC? How do y'all feel? Who should we? Because clearly y'all are not happy. <laughs> no one is happy. So who should we? Should we put that on the process? Should we put that on? We're too focused on beating Trump. 
or everyone else is too focused on beating Trump and they think only a white person can beat him. I should start with Iowa and New Hampshire. I totally agree with Iowa and New Hampshire. I definitely agree with that because I was like looking like why is Iowa so important and like it's just tradition. Basically, it's just tradition. Like basically, Jimmy Carter rode into Iowa caucus all the way to the White House and that's when it became a thing. Yeah, and it was like because that was the first one they had, and then that was kind of like if you do well here, you can do, do well it, anywhere. But right. Like, yeah. But like in my head, I'm I'm thinking to myself, times have changed. Why are we still operating on like this system that has oppressed and put us to the side for so long? This is America. That's my answer <laughs> to it. But I'm just saying, like, if we actually want to progress as a country and like make change and. You know what I'm saying? Be the land of free and all that great crap they try to sell us. Then we to myself, times have changed. Why are we still operating on like this system that has oppressed and put us to the side for so long? This is America. That's my answer to it. But I'm just saying, like, if we actually want to progress as a country and like make change and you know what I'm saying, be the land of free and all that great crap they try to sell us, then we have to change the processes and the systems in which we work by, you know? I agree. Okay. All right, so let's move on. So how many <laughs> how many people in the audience, y'all were, were y'all following the impeachment stuff? Not really. Were you no. surprised at all? No. no. Okay, <laughs> we cannot talk about it and move on then. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't, like, do y'all kind of have any final thoughts? Like, since it happened, since it failed, are y'all just kind of, was it worth it to you? Or... so close to election how is this gonna like backfire on them when it comes time to vote for like congress and i don't, I don't think it will personally i personally think it because like this he was a good which is he said because the republicans voted not to like have witnesses that alone that's, that's the worst thing that they did right because i think impeachment was like and garrett our roommate who's just arrived we talked about this like all the time the vote to the people were kind of split on impeachment. It was like, if you're a Democrat, you want them out. If you're a Republican, you don't. But when it came to like voting for witnesses or voting to like hear people who were involved, that was people were overwhelmingly in support of like, 
the object view of fairness. Mm-hmm. Like if you say like, okay, we're gonna have a trial, we don't want a witness, that seems like you're trying to cover up something, which mm-hmm. I mean, they were. But I think it'll do them good because I think, one, I know a lot of people were like, oh, just because it failed, you shouldn't do it. I think that's kind of a BS argument because you're basically saying like, he can do whatever, but you only have to vote him out. And like, okay, if you really, conservatives, if you really believe in the constitution, like if you really believe in it, and like Garrett would be hollering at this at like five o'clock in the morning, if you really believe in the constitution, you have the power to vote him out. So that's my thing. So you're do just they saying, actually believe in the constitution? Like I look at I mean, Republicans no. as like, that's, that's the book that keeps us down. But That's what I'm saying. Like, they are not concerned about that. So, like, in my head, their constituents not concerned about it. They're like, Psh, what, we don't do what we got to do to protect our back. Like, that's how I see them, bro. Like, they're protecting their little democracy. So it sounds like you don't think it was worth it then. It wasn't to me personally. Like, it was a, it was a publicity show. Like, do, you all think, do you all think it was worth it in the grand scheme? Like, going after impeachment and actually in trying it? I think it was. Because you can't. To say that he's the third president impeached, that has like historic meaning behind yeah. it. Yeah. And you're just kind of like, whatever. It does. <laughs> I mean, it definitely has some historical. Yeah, right. His. It's I stuff like that, like the taxpayers. So like, what? All of this, like, Gary, what you say? Money is fake. Yeah, money. Yeah, it was going to go out. It was worth it, but it was necessary. It was. You had to make it seem like, oh, he can't do what he wants. But he got away with it. You can't let somebody break into your house and just walk out the door. Yeah. Trial and he got acquitted through trial. I can't. I mean, I I get that right now. Garrett, how say you? Lawyer in the room. Shit, was it was it worth it? We had a whole podcast. Right. No, we absolutely need to do it. I think um, I, I think the Congress has an obligation um, to not only their constituents but the Constitution itself. Right? They serve as a check on the office of the president. So if they did not vote to impeach the president, that would have been not only a miscarriage of justice, but uh, would have been negligent. <laughs> Thank you. Completely negligent. Uh, on their part. The problem we have in America today, um, particularly within the Senate, is that uh, we hide behind this idea that we're so polarized, right? I mean, there are a lot of issues with uh, our, our democracy as it is right now, but I mean, people pretend that you know, the reason why he's still in office is because we're polarized. No, the reason why we're still in office is because the Republicans refuse to just take an L. That's really yeah, but they want to lose. Terrible. Um, uh, and and they're afraid of Trump. They're afraid. They're yeah. afraid of what he's going to do if they kick him out. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I'm starting every day. I'm starting to think more and more. He's got actual dirt on that. Like, there's just no way. Even looking at uh, what he did with uh, Barr, having Barr mm-hmm. uh, send uh, both people prosecutors, asking them to reduce the sentences. Uh, that was kind of crazy, right? That was crazy. But I mean, like, I mean, like, whatever. <laughs> but I guess what's not, it's that, you know, and no, that's why I say it, it really don't matter because he's still doing what he wants yeah. to do. Like he's still doing it. Exactly. They, but that doesn't mean it's not worth doing. 
what did they prove by doing that? Would be like that would be like if you broke into my house and I didn't like come back and see you about it. Be like, oh well, that's, he took my stuff. It's not worth it. No, I'm gonna come back and see you. I mean, you can be mad about it, but if I broke okay. into your house and beat you up and like you that wouldn't happen first. Right, but he didn't get his butt beat. I think you know what I'm saying, like. It didn't work. Not even that we wanted. Like you just said, like the Senate. The Senate has been like pushing this agenda since like Obama. Like when they wouldn't let him vote in, uh, like a Supreme Court nominee. They've been pushing this. We're gonna do what we want to do, regardless of like what America thinks or but what I, anybody thinks about it, and who's gonna hold us accountable. You but know? I think to Garrett's point, I think if you ask, like if we gave him truth serum, if you ask every Republican senator, I think they know they took an L on that, and they just had to suck it up and fall on the sword. And the ones who aren't up are wiping their hands, but the ones who are up this year, they're the ones who are like. I have to go back home and I have to say why I didn't vote for witnesses. And I think like and if you're not in America, right. You don't have anything, then you have to worry about Right. And if you're in Colorado, which is where a senator's up, Arizona, like there are people who have to go back home and they have to look people in the face and say, like, you might like Trump, but like you can't there's a certain fairness that you just didn't operate with and people generally don't they like the thing of being fair. So I think it's gonna Awesome, but we will remain. We will. We'll, we'll see. So now we're gonna get into the. Get to this heads up. So we can get with our feature guest who came. You're long-winded, so I think you're gonna get it. I appreciate the answer. I'm not talking about. You. I'm talking and about. And I him. got some tidbits. Gary was about to give a senior. I want to comment. No, come on. We can we we can talk all about this after. We can. And then that's gonna get a response, and then we're gonna have another ten-minute conversation. Boom. Garrett, Garrett, what'd you tell me? This was my show. <laughs> so now we're going to get into heads up. This talks about everything in entertainment and other things you might have missed. Um, how many people saw the Oscars? Mm -hmm. Nope. What was, what was the, what was the, if you did, what was the one thing you took away? Boom. All right. So, so we're going to talk about hair love, but I think um, it's key uh, to know how this all came about. So the film was actually produced after a Kickstarter campaign in 2018. This wasn't something that was industry backed. It was literally Matthew H. Harry who, read, who wrote and directed the film, the short animation film. He actually made a really interesting pledge on Kickstarter that then raised the money to then fund the project. So I think that goes to say that like this wasn't something that was like backed by Sony or backed by some major corporation. It was just, he put out his vision for the plan and it happened. Um, Gabrielle Union produced this too, which is yes. ironic because she was just involved in that controversy with um, America's Black Talent. Yeah. Right. And he said, in quote, the story was born out of seeking lack of representation in mainstream animated projects and also wanting to promote hair love amongst young men and women of color. So that that helps. Uh, in next in entertainment and news, I'll quiz y'all again. What movie comes out this weekend? Boom. So we're going to talk about that comes out. And I think everyone knows Issa Rae and Lakey Stanfield. But I think the most important person to take away from this is a woman named Stella McGee. Um, she is the person who is making uh, her American uh, writing and directorial debut. She's a little bit older than me and Henry, who's 24. So she's making uh, she's born in Toronto. So I think that's one thing to just pay attention to is that as you know, who was Natalie Fortman made a big fuss about not having any women directors, but didn't work with any. <laughs> but uh, 
I think for us to highlight her being a woman behind the lens and also writing, that's worth us being able to highlight. That's major. As you can see, I am burning through. All right, we have a new first in the NFL. She actually works for like the Washington Redskins. So this y'all people, but Jennifer King became the first full-time black woman coach uh, to coach in the NFL. Um, that's pretty pretty monumental. Who was hired by one of the first Latino coaches to coach in the NFL. So it says that when you hire people of color in the NFL, you will right other people of color will come through. So I think that's something to uh, also know. I'm giving you all a lot of quizzes. How many people in this room know who Gwen Ifill is? Yeah, cool. <laughs> my mama knows. So this half of the room knows Garrett, Asha, and Savannah did not know. Uh, so Gwen Ifill, she's a longtime PBS News anchor uh, and one of the most recognizable faces in journalism, who was a pioneer uh, for black women in the journalism industry. Gwen Ifill sadly passed away in 2016, but she was honored with the U.S. Postal Service stamp, the 43rd Black Heritage stamp ever. Uh, she joins the likes of Martin Luther King Jr., uh, Ella Fitzgerald, and Jackie Robinson. The stamp is out now, so go to your local post office and cop that. Uh, and also, this kind of hit home, especially yes, for me Henry, uh, who shares the same birthday month. So this week, he Trayvon. died on my birthday. You said what? He died on my birthday. Oh, shoot, he did. <laughs> Good flag. Um, so last week, Trayvon Martin, on the 5th, he would have been 25. I think it's good to honor his life by highlighting that his mother, Sabrina Fulton, is running for office in Miami-Dade County. Um, we put up a link to contribute to her page. I'll do that again. Uh, but I think that's important for everybody. Uh, All right, everyone. So that was the parts of the live show. There was a big chunk of it that we talked about, uh, the Kobe Bryant, Gail King thing. Uh, but we needed to kind of cut that out because the audio was all over the place. So like I said earlier, be sure to follow us on Twitter at underscore WRGO, Instagram at what's really going, YouTube at what's really going on. Be sure to subscribe and listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and SoundCloud, all under what's really going on. Have some exciting stuff coming up the way. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening.